John chapter 4, John chapter 4, amen. John chapter 4, another familiar story, amen. We looked at one in the old, familiar story in the Old Testament. Tonight we'll look at a familiar story in the New Testament. John chapter 4, big John, right? We've been looking at one of the little Johns, right? Uh, John wrote, of course, uh, the big John, Gospel of John, then 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and also <coughs> Revelation. So uh, God really... Uh, used uh, uh, this uh, great brother here, the disciple whom Jesus loved. So let's read together. John chapter 4, verses 1 through 26 say this. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is this, that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband, and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast is not thy husband, in that sayest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him." God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he shall tell us all things. Verse 26, Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Let's pray again. Father, again, Lord, we thank you for your goodness and mercy and grace. And uh, Lord, we just... Uh, uh, thank you, Lord, for your blessings upon us, the blessings upon this uh, church. Lord, we thank you for our young people, uh, Lord, that are giving themselves uh, uh, these uh, talents, dear God, and using them 
uh, for your glory. Lord, we just pray that you would bless our young people and protect them and uh, keep them uh, pure, God, and just work mightily in and through their lives. And just, uh, Lord, if you should tarry, uh, just raise them up to be mighty servants of the Lord. Lord, we thank you for everybody that's here tonight and everybody that's listening that you would bless and encourage each one uh, through your word. Again, we thank of those that are traveling. Lord, we thank of Ari tonight. Watch over him and Joel as uh, he's on the road. Lord, please be with these. We thank again of Sister Sarah as she, she has uh, procedures uh, this week. Again, we thank of uh, Sister Pitt and her family. We thank of Sister Betty. Lord, we thank of Sister Sherry and her uh, unspoken. And uh, Lord, just a, a lot of needs among us. But Lord, I'm glad, uh, dear God, that we can be there for one another and pray for one another and care about one another. Now again, Lord, uh, teach us and guide us through your word. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Uh, question, question. Uh, when you think of proper worship, when you think of proper worship, what do you think of? When you think of proper worship, what do you think of? You think of worship, what do you think of? Somebody give me something on worship, worship. Yes, David. Praising God. God being the single object. All right, good one. <clears throat> Somebody else, give it a minute. Think, don't think too hard. Your mind, your brain will tense up. You gotta relax. Just let that spirituality flow. Yes. Preaching the word. Preaching the word. Amen. Somebody else. Being thankful. Thankful. Good. Somebody else. Sincere and from the heart, right. Now, come on, Sister McLean, you always got a good answer for me. I'm putting you on the spot out there. Right, right. Honoring God, first place, having the preeminence. All right, very good. All right, well, as we look at this uh, chapter, first of all, I want to know, most of us know when we think of, uh, if I were to ask you, uh, what does the Son of God seek? What does the Son of God seek? What would you say? Well, he came to seek and to save that which was lost, right? We know what the Son of God seeks, or God the Son seeks. Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. So it's easy. Most of us know uh, what the Son of Man is seeking. He's seeking the lost. And of course, uh, what we read here in John chapter 4, the, of course, what we call the story of the woman at the well, of course, is a, is a precious a precious event uh, that took place showing God the Son seeking a lost soul and then lovingly lovingly leading this dear lady unto himself. Even when, he even when he brought up her sin, he did it with such uh, grace and such uh, 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 compassion. We need to confront sin, but we don't need to uh, beat people over the head with it unless, you know, they're being uh, confrontational, right? Uh, I mean, if they want to get bold, we can do, but, you know, we just want to deal with it. And of course, uh, he came to seek and to save. That's why it says this in verse four. He, it says this about him. He must needs go through Samaria, it says. He must needs go through Samaria. 
And as I mentioned before, a good study is the must to the Bible, the must to the New Testament. How often it, it, it uses that term, something must happen, right? So here it says about Jesus, he must needs go through Samaria. And so he meets this woman, he begins to witness to her, and he says to her in verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her in verse 10, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that say to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. So here we see people need to know, amen, people need to know the gift and the who of salvation, amen. They need to know the gift of salvation, what it is and who they get it through. So if he said, if you knew the gift and who it was, and so a good thought there, amen, we need to give people the gift, tell them what the gift is, and then who is the person of the gift, right, that they can get it through. And that's what he said to the woman. He said, you need to know the gift, and you know who, who the source of that gift is, uh, me. But uh, so we know what the Son of Man came to seek. So, and of course, uh, we, we talk about that all the time. Being a soul winner, just said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So we, we emphasize a lot, seeking the lost. And, and, and what the, the, why Jesus came. But I'd like to focus for a few mo moments on what the Father seeks. We never think much about that. We know the Son is seeking, but the, in this, uh, these verses, we all find out that the Father is seeking something as well. And so that's exciting. If we, you know, uh, 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 she was singing about it, right? That, that song she just played was about the triune God, right? We talked about the triune God recently. So if we're excited about what the Son seeks and we want to know that, then we should be excited about what the Father seeks and want to know about that. And so we find that in these verses. Look at verses 23 and 24, and we see what the Father seeks. It says this. Uh, of course, she asked about worship, and he, Jesus says this in verses 23 through 24. But the hour cometh and now is, look at this, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is the spirit and they that worship him must, there's another must, worship him in spirit and in truth. So here we find what the Father seeks, and we see another must is mentioned. Of course, last week we talked about what? We were uh, finishing up uh, 1 John, and we talked about the true God. Amen? And so the true God. So everyone needs a relationship with the true God. But here we find out that the true God is seeking true worshipers. Amen? He's seeking true worshipers. And so uh, people need to realize that Worship, true worship, is, 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 is uh, more about a person than a place. A lot of religions, when they think about, you know, worshiping their God, what do they do? They think about this place that they have to go to, a place that they have to go to. And, of course, uh, she mentioned that uh, 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 to Jesus in verse 20, our fathers worship in this mountain. They said, hey, you got to come to this place. But you say someone's got to go to Jerusalem to worship. But what does Jesus say in verse 21? He says this, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, I like that, Woman, listen up. Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Hey, listen, it's not just about a place, right? But it's about a person. 
You know what? I'm glad that we don't have to be in a specific place to worship God. Amen. I'm glad that, hey, I can worship him at home. I can worship him as I'm out uh, uh, walking in the woods. I can worship him as I go uh, 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 down the road. I'm glad that my God is omnipresent. Amen. And I can worship him anywhere, anywhere. Amen. I can get alone with my God. I can shut myself up under my God and I can worship him anywhere. But on the other hand, I want to say, I'm glad we've got a place. Amen. I'm glad a place that we can come. I'm glad that I can worship him anywhere personally or where we could, you know, we could uh, meet somewhere else. But I'm glad that God has given us a place too uh, that we can come together. Now, of course, under Judaism, right, uh, uh, under Judaism, uh, largely uh, they, their worship was uh, more about the letter, the letter than, rather than the spirit. That's what they emphasized. And they were concerned about rituals and rites and forms and ceremonies and sacrifices and offerings and fastings and days of fast and the circumcision and Sabbath and right. And, uh, you know, I guess that was uh, good for their time. But he said, hey, we're putting all that aside. Right. Right. That's why we got something called the New Testament. Like we mentioned before, when you have a New Testament, something ought to be new. And of course, uh, one of the things that were new among others was the, the form of, uh, was worship and, uh, and that. And so then it would be it set all that ritualism aside in place of truly spiritual worship. And so, uh, listen, uh, uh, worship is a big thing in the word of God, even in the new even in the New Testament. Uh, let me uh, to give you an idea of the emphasis in the Bible, even in the New Testament, that God puts on worship. Let me uh, uh, give you a few examples of that, even in the New Testament. Right, we're celebrating uh, uh, Christmas, and uh, so uh, you know you can't uh, celebrate Christmas without talking about the wise men, right? <laughs> but but when the wise men finally did show up, right? And uh, so they made it to the second or third uh, Christmas, right? Uh, they didn't make it to the first one. But anyways, when, when, when the wise men came, what does it say? When they showed up, Matthew 2.2, it says this. The wise men asked this question. Now, I don't know if all three of them asked. Just joking. <laughs> we know that. But three, But anyways, it says, what did they say? They said this. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are what? And are come to worship him. Hey, even as a baby, right? They, uh, he was worthy of worship. So the emphasis there, even seeing him as a child, the emphasis in them uh, seeing the child Jesus was on worship. Worship. So they, they made that emphasis there. And uh, even uh, when we think of the Lord, right after His uh, uh, baptism, what happened? The Spirit drove him, uh, uh, drove him into the wilderness, and of course He was tempted by Satan. And uh, what was one of the temptations of Christ by Satan? It says this in Matthew four eight. Again, the devil take them up into an exceeding high mountain, and showed him all the kings of the world and the glory of them, and said unto him in Matthew four nine. All these things will I give thee if thou will fall down and worship me. So even uh, Satan, uh, because he had been, uh, we believe, an archangel, he knew the importance of worship to God. And he knew that anybody that was going to have an exalted position, right, uh, in God's creation, hey, uh, 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 would desire uh, worship, that worship was an important thing to God. The devil understood that. 
right? And then what did Jesus say? In verse 10, then Jesus said to him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So we see that even Satan understood the importance of worship to God. And then we think about uh, 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 Mary, uh, right? When they invited Jesus to, over to their house uh, just before the Passover in John 12, it says this. In John chapter 12, we read this. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Now, verse 3, it says this. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of ointment. What did she do? She had a desire to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. She had a desire to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. And then uh, we read uh, Paul's message in Acts 17. Remember, Paul is at Athens there on Mars Hill. And uh, uh, if you ever go to Mars Hill there in Athens, it's a nice place to visit. Uh, they have a big plaque there. And in, 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 uh, in uh, uh, Greek, uh, uh, it's right there, Acts 17, where Paul said uh, when he was there uh, on, on Mars Hill, they, it's there, it's, uh, there today. Very uh, interesting. But Acts 17, 23, Paul said this, For I passed by and beheld your devotions, for I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. And he said this, Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. So you see, even in the, the New Testament, in the Old Testament, we think about them going to the temple all the time. But even in the New Testament, we see a great emphasis of worship. And so worship is an important part of our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And we need to understand that emphasis and desire it. So notice what it says in verse 24 of John 4. It says, God is a spirit, right? Well, he's not just a living spirit, but he's the spirit of life. And he's the spirit that gives eternal life. So to worship the Father, it says we must worship in spirit and truth. So to worship the Father, then one must be spiritually alive. And of course, that's what takes place when we get saved, right? We're made spiritually alive. You know, Proverbs 20, 27, I like this verse. It says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. I like that. I just like that thought. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So you can sort of think of it this way. Uh, when we get saved, the Lord lights our candle, amen? <laughs> he gives life to the candle, right? He, he, he puts a fire in the candle, and now we can shine for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's just a good verse. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So when you say, you know, this little light of mine, hey, you got to light in there, right? Your spirit. And the Lord lit it. Amen. The Lord gave life to it. And so now you're spiritually alive. And now you, right, as a true child of God, can be a true worshiper and worship the Lord in spirit and truth. So that shows us that only the saved, only people that are saved can properly worship God. Because to worship the living spirit, you have to have a spirit that's alive so you can communicate. And again, notice that word must, must worship him in spirit and in truth. So worship is something we need to do as believers. And the Bible says there's a proper way to do it. Hey, you don't get to set the means by which you come to God. 
God's right. God sets the means and God sets the tone uh, by which you uh, 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 approach him. I mean, if a earthly monarch. Right. Yeah. You know, you always watch that. And then when somebody goes to see the queen in England, they just don't they just don't, you know, uh, walk in there any old way. And you're not you know, you're not supposed to uh, shake your hand unless she reaches for yours and and, you know, uh, uh, all, all that stuff. I, she'll never invite me. I'd probably knock the tea over on her. I probably would. But anyways, but listen, hey, there should be a I mean, we're talking about the king of kings and lord of lords. There ought to be a proper way. Amen. To enter his presence. And there is. There's a proper way to worship him, and it's in spirit and truth. Just as the lost man must be born again, the true worshiper must worship in spirit and in truth. And isn't that a wonderful thing? The Son of Man came to to seek, amen, the lost, and the God the Father seeks true worshipers. So think of it this way, right? Uh, 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 God, what does God want to do? God wants to take people from being truly wicked to being truly worshipers. Isn't that amazing thing? Boy, I look back and boy, I, 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 I look at my life before I got saved and I think, man, how in the world does somebody like me have the right to enter the presence of a holy God? And thank God, but God, amen, he took me from truly wicked and now he allows me to be a true worshiper of him. That's an amazing thing. That shows the power of the gospel. That shows the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. That he can take somebody like us and clean us up enough that he allows us to enter his presence and he allows us to worship. I mean, we're more privileged than the angels are when you think about it. I think about that all the time. Every time I think about Isaiah 6, that those seraphim, they have to cover their eyes. They've never sinned. As far as I know, they've never sinned. They've never been anywhere in their existence outside the presence of God, but yet they have to cover their eyes when they're in his presence. But yet one day you and I are going to see him face to face. We're not going to have to cover our eyes. You know, all right, you can come in now. <laughs> no, uh-uh, we, we don't have to do that. <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful thing? We don't have to walk around heaven like this. Amen. Thank God. We get to see him face to face. And we were sinners and we were wicked and we rebelled against him. But you see, and they have to cover their eyes, but yet people like you and I that were born sinners, amen, the the precious blood of Christ and the gospel of Christ has so transformed us and justified us and made us holy that we can come in the presence of God. That's just a a wonderful and amazing thing that God wants to do that. And as a matter of fact, what did Paul say uh, that was one of the identifiers of a true believer? Amen. That's one of the identifiers of a true believer. It says this in Philippians 3, 3. For we are the circumcision, look at this, which worship God in the spirit. Right now we're reading in John where Jesus says he seeks those right true worshipers to worship him in spirit and truth. And Paul understood that. He got the message, right? And he says, hey, listen, uh, uh, what do we get to do? We're those that get to worship God in spirit. And rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. So we worship God in the spirit. And then it says, and in truth. Psalm 145, 18 says this. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that come, right, upon him, call upon him in truth. In truth, right, according to 
the Word of God. And so we get to worship Him. You know, we just got done uh, singing those uh, 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 songs there that Brother Mark picked out. And we need to realize an important part of worship is singing, right? Singing is an important part of spiritual worship. And you know what? A true worshiper will want the right kind of music. A true worshiper will want right kind of music. Ephesians 5, 18 and 19 say this, Be not drunk with wine when it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, right? If we're going to worship Him in spirit, we need to be filled with the Spirit. And the Bible says if we're filled with the Spirit, then we'll desire the right kind of music. And the Bible tells us what the right kind of music is. Speaking to yourselves in what? Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Hey, if you're going to worship him in spirit, part of doing that is with spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart uh, uh, to the Lord. So spiritual songs, when we are spiritual filled, spirit filled, we'll want spiritual songs. You see, songs of worship, spiritual songs, what should they do? They should move our spirit. They should stir our spirit. Like those songs that we sing, I mean, as we, as we sing, let's say, great is thy faithfulness. I mean, how can you sing uh, some of those songs and not be stirred in your spirit, right? They should stir your heart uh, 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 when, you, when you sing those songs. Right. Uh, I want songs that that stir my spirit and stir my heart. They shouldn't. Uh, hey, listen, uh, they shouldn't stir your body, so to speak. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be a stiff. Amen. Doesn't mean you have to be a stiff, but it should be a spiritual response to solid mu music. If you're responding to music, it ought to be a spiritual response to good, solid uh, 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 Bible based music. Amen is what uh, you, you should have. So a true worshiper will desire, that desires to worship in spirit, will desire spiritually focused music, something that'll move their spirit and stir their spirit towards the Father, towards God. And so a true worshiper will, will keep the focus of worship where it needs to be. Now think, think about this. What's going on in heaven right now? We've read, the, we've read the end of the book. What's going on in heaven right now? Hey, what's going to go on when we get there? Well, of course, a worship. Revelations 4, 10 and 11 say this. The four and 20 elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him. Worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Turn over to uh, Revelation chapter 5 and we see a great worship service in Revelation chapter 5. I, I, I love these verses. So you want to know what a, a good worship service looks like? Well, you see one right here in Revelation chapter 5. And so uh, remember this, uh, worship is not a workup, right? You know, you hear a lot of people, they, you know, they have a worship team. They try to work it up. Listen, uh, worship is not a workup. It's a lift up. Amen. It's a lift up. It's lifting up the Lord Jesus Christ. It's lifting up your hearts towards him and even lifting up holy hands toward him and lifting up uh, your voice towards him. That's what worship is. It's not about a workup. It's about a lift up. And you see that in Revelation chapter five. It says this. And they sung a new song. Amen. 
Listen, every song we're going to sing ain't found in the hymn book. Amen. They're going to sing a new song. What? Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Amen. That should encourage every missionary. That should encourage you in your mission giving. That verse right there. And has made us. Amen. He made us something unto our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on earth. Amen. So I guess uh, this is before the, the, the millennial reign. Amen. They're going to say, hey, we're going to go back and reign with him. Verse 11. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory. Boy, look, what, what a verse. That's, I'm going to read that again. Saying with a loud voice. I like that. Amen. It's all right to give a hearty amen. Worthy is the lamb that was slain again to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And look at this. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. So who, who, what or who is the focus in this worship service? The Lamb of God. The Lamb of God is the focus in this worship service. And you know what? Whether we're in heaven or whether we're on earth, when we meet together, or even if we meet with God alone, if you will, the focus should and the attention should always be on the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the best way to honor the Father is to brag on His Son. Amen. Hey, you brag on somebody's uh, 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 kid. Uh, the, listen, the, the, you know how it is, parents. When you hear somebody talking about you, your ears perk up. They say I'm good. They say something bad about me. What are they saying about my kid? Amen. What are they saying about my kid? Huh? Am I gonna? If, am I gonna give him a hug for talking so nice about him? Or am I gonna punch him? What are they saying about my kid? Hey, listen. The father likes to hear you talk about his son. Amen. Likes to hear you brag on his son. And that you see, that shows right true spiritual worship. Right? Because the spirit is in it, and it's the spirit's working through your spirit. And the spirit came what to put all the focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the Spirit came. He didn't come to speak of himself. He came to put all the focus, right, on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's how you, uh, uh, amen, give honor to the Spirit in your life and you honor the Father is by making Jesus Christ the focus in your worship. So in Revelation 5, notice all the eyes are on, G on Jesus. The focus isn't on the, the streets of gold. The focus isn't on the mansions. The focus isn't on the pearly gates. Now think about that. All the focus is on the Lord Jesus Christ. So think about this for a second. If, if true worship, if true worship 
can make the things of heaven grow strangely dim. <laughs> I mean, if, when you really get focused on Jesus, if that makes the streets of gold grow dim and the mansions grow dim in your mind and the uh, pretty gates grow dim in your eyes, well, hey, how it should certainly make the things of earth grow strangely dim. Amen? If you're truly focused, if it can make the things of heaven grow dim, but when you really get a glimpse of Jesus and you really see Jesus who he is and you really get filled with the spirit and you really get in tune with the spirit, amen, and you get excited about Jesus, all of a sudden, hey, uh, 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 it's nice to have that mansion and it's nice to have all that around you, amen, but you just sort of forget that it's there because your focus is the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, that's how uh, we want it to be in our worship here on earth. Say, Lord, I read this and I see the things of heaven grew strangely dim. Lord, I want to be in tune with you and in worship with you. I want to be a true worshiper, Lord, so much that the things of earth grow strangely dim as well. And all my focus is on the Lord Jesus Christ. All my worship is towards him. So as we finish up here, think about this. Again, the son is seeking the lost. The son is seeking the lost. And so that is our, that's our emphasis too. So we, we want to be uh, soul winners. We want to seek the lost. And so the son is seeking the lost to call them to salvation. But then the father is seeking the saved to call them to worship. <laughs> so the lost comes out and says, hey, you need to get, the son of man comes out and says, hey, you need to get saved. Then the father comes out and says, hey, now that you're saved, hey, join me in worship of my son. Amen. You got something to do now that you're saved. Hey, uh, uh, when, when you're out there, reach the lost, but when you're in here, worship my son. So when it's sort of like this way, when you're out those doors, amen, uh, talk about him to the lost. When you're in here, talk about him to one another and talk about him to me. That's how it works. Either way, you're talking about Jesus. When you're out there, you're talking about him to the lost. When you're in here, you're talking about you're talking about him to one another, and you're talking about him to the Father. That's how it's supposed to work. So, of course, in both cases, we need the Holy Spirit. So, in salvation, the Holy Spirit turns people's heart. Think of it this way, right? In salvation, right? In the work of salvation, the Holy Spirit turns people's hearts towards Jesus. But in worship, the Holy Spirit turns people's attention towards Jesus, right? That's how it's supposed to work, right? When we need to get saved, we need God to turn our heart towards Jesus so we can be saved. But after we're saved, we need the Holy Spirit to turn our attention towards Jesus, right? So uh, uh, we don't get caught up, amen? We don't get entangled with the things of this life so much, right? Because we're filled with the Spirit and He has turned our attention and our focus is the Lord Jesus Christ. So think about this. When we, when we gather together, right? Brethren, we have met to worship. When we gather together to worship, amen, even before we gather. This is actually how we prepare for worship, right? And, and when we come together, we should be praying. We should believe in God. We should be trusting God. We should be leaning on God. And we should be expecting God to move and work. Let me ask you this. Uh, how much, uh, uh, how much uh, uh, before uh, on Saturday, Friday, are you preparing for Sunday? You know, most people aren't preparing for that. Most people start preparing for Sunday morning, Sunday morning. <laughs> no, we need to be preparing for Sunday morning uh, uh, before, before that time. Amen. So that we're ready when we get here. So remember this. 
our God is alive. We're alive. Amen. Our God is alive. We're alive. So our worship should be alive. Amen. And we should be able to give evidence that, hey, the Lord, the, the, uh, uh, the, the, the Lord is seeking the lost. Hey, he found me. But now the Father is seeking true worshipers. Has he found you? <laughs> Amen. Thank God Jesus found you. Amen. To save you. But has the Father found you? Amen. And uh, got you excited about worshiping his son. Amen. I'm glad I'm a true believer. I'm glad I'm truly saved. And now that I'm a true believer, I want to be a true worshiper as well. Amen. And keep the focus and amen. Uh, give honor to my beloved Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, thereby bringing honor. Amen to my heavenly father as a true worshiper. Let's pray.